This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here today. Today on the show, I have Isis Bradford joining us. She is full of light and energy and has motivated me to live audaciously. Uh, She is a marketing, social media, and content expert. She's a keynote speaker, strategist, consultant, and she's recently decided to make a change in her own business and what she's pursuing. She is a former kindergarten teacher, and she discovered the world of online branding. She created these presets for pictures on her phone and started selling them. And then uh, that became a business. And then she went on to help others learn how to skyrocket. This is the name of her book, Skyrocket Your Business with Social Media Branding. And she's also someone who has ADHD and she talks about how she focuses. She does these power hours that are really helpful in getting work done. We talk about believing in your purpose and just because you're good at something doesn't mean it's good for you and how you decide what you're going to do with your life and your business. I think that Isis is on the verge of doing some really big things. Like she's already grown this successful business, but her enthusiasm and her energy for what she wants to do with her life, it's really contagious. And I can just tell, like, she says what she wants to do without the imposter syndrome and believing with her whole heart. And I think she's going to do it. Like, I'm I'm really excited for her life. Uh, All right, friends, if you do love this conversation, let Isis know. You can find her on Instagram, Isis Brianna Bradford. And um, you can find me. I'm Lindsay Hines 626 I'd love to connect with you over there. I am loving having these conversations and sharing them with you. If there's ever a guest you want to hear from on this podcast, just send me an email, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us today. I have Isis Bradford on the show. Welcome to the show, Isis. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You said you're heading to the airport. What do you, what's yes. on your schedule today? What are you doing? Oh, my goodness. I am going to my hometown first, to Mobile, Alabama, and then to my dad's house in Tampa, and then to Maryland for my husband's family. So this is my oh wow <laughs> holiday trip around the world. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about what you do for work. And I'm so excited to hear, like I just saw on your Instagram that you've kind of done a little bit of shift with what you're doing for work. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So for the past five years, I have been a marketing consultant, business strategist, and even leading into brand strategist. Um, Also by trade, I'm an author. So I've written a book that I love, Skyrocket Your Business with Social Media Branding. And that has been my life. Uh, I love working with people. And I like to say that I turn people's brain into a brand. So that is the simplest way that I can describe my job. Um, But in the past year, the shift that you've noticed is 
is because I've started to realize a shift within myself. I started to notice uh, after hours and hours and hours of consulting that I didn't necessarily love helping people with their business. I loved helping the person mm. and I loved helping people tell their story. So I'm shifting just a little bit more. Um, this may sound a little out of the way, but I am actually focusing on film now um, and writing. So telling people's story in a way that uh, just helps them see all that they can do and all that who they can be. So I'm going to turn my content into a little bit more of a cinematic style <laughs> lessons. Wow. Um, and I'm relaunching my podcast, which will be kind of like mini movies every episode. So I'm really excited for that. Wow. Yeah. I saw you post just because you're good at something doesn't mean it's good for you. Right. Which is really hard to accept sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took a year for me to <laughs> to finally accept, okay, it's time for me to walk away because it was my comfort zone. It's because it's what I knew and because it's what was making me money consistently. Yeah. So it's hard to walk away from that stability. So how did you do it? Like, how did you have the confidence? I think because the money thing is big. Like, yeah. this is how I'm making money. This is how I'm um, providing for my family. Like, how do you decide to make that decision? Yeah. Well, I, I like to say that I'm not confident. I'm obedient. And uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know who's here. I, I believe that there is a God. And I believe that when God tells you to do something, there's only a matter of time before you are now losing your peace, losing sleep, where you're now frustrated, you're now stressed. And it started to get to that point. So it wasn't so much as me being confident to take this step and move into something. It was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to be obedient now. And I'm going to follow you because I am tired of doing it my way. And I'm tired of being stressed. And I'm now tired of showing up to work and not loving it fully and deeply. Mm. Um, and so I, I guess I could say I got fed up enough. <laughs> what does that look like when you say like God tells you to do something like, do you feel something? Do mm -hmm. you hear something? I feel like there's tons of different ways to hear from God. I mean, me personally, I can hear through my dreams. And, and that's also like, I think uh, trusting yourself and knowing that it is God and not, you know, some people kind of question when they get these innate feelings or like, is that me or is it God? Or when they have a dream that clearly answers something that they've been praying for. And they're like, is that God? Yeah. Right. So I think it's leaning into those things and trusting um, those things that you feel and that you hear. I also always say that my biggest way of knowing that if it's God, if it's, if there's peace around it, mm. and that doesn't mean this is going to be easy, but I do have peace around that decision or that thing that I'm now stepping into. Um, but yeah, a lot of my questions are actually answered through dreams. Wow. Uh, dreams and just like the, I'll, I'll start praying for peace. Like I'm like, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, Please let there be peace around it so that I know that it's you. And I also will pray, let me love the things that you love and want the things for me that you want for me. And it's crazy because even saying that prayer this time, I started to feel a shift. Like at first I was fighting against this film thing and podcasting and going into a new arena. And now I'm like, wow, I'm excited for this. I'm taking classes at US, UCLA. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, I, I, I wait for that peace. Do you live in LA? 
No, I live in Dallas. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah, uh, just a, a little tidbit. A lot of schools, a lot of great schools have extensions programs. Like, okay. I have a little plaque on the wall behind me. I went to Harvard Extension School. So a lot of these schools, you can go online. And then they'll typically have, like, one semester where you do have to be on campus. So if you can be flexible in that way, um, it's amazing. But UCLA has an extension program. Okay. Yeah. So you're a teacher by trade, though. Yeah, but with my undergraduate degree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell yeah. us about leaving that profession. Oh goodness. Same thing. I was I was out of whack. <laughs> I was really out of whack. I um had only been teaching for about a year and a half. I graduated from college in December, and then I went into teaching. I took over a classroom, which was crazy to take oh, over. mid-year. Yeah, mid-year teacher quits. That tells you everything you need to know. Uh-huh. And um, and then I moved to Dallas from Atlanta because I was in school in Atlanta. And then I taught a full year. But the, the moment I entered the school year, I was telling my new co-workers, this is going to be my last year. And a lot of them were like, oh, Isis, you're so crazy. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I actually feel it. Now, at the time, I had no business idea, no plan, no idea. I just knew I could feel it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really started to trust myself. And I was like, okay, I don't have any plans, but I know something is going to come up. And lo and behold, that year is when I really started to show up online on social media. Um, Because teachers have such awesome breaks, fall breaks, winter breaks, Mm -hmm. summer break, I was able to travel more. And so I was taking pictures and I created Lightroom presets, which are basically just photo filters. And I was posting those and sharing those with people. And I didn't realize I could make money until someone DM'd me and said, how much for your presets? Mm. And I said, how much? (laughs) And so for some reason, I ran to, I think, Etsy and I just typed in Lightroom presets. I'm like, wow, people are selling these. And I started selling them. And again, I think it was such a God thing because it's not typical for someone to make a substantial amount of money, but my first month I made $10,000. Wow. My teacher's salary was $3,000. And so then I was able to start tucking some money away. I kind of got into, um, Instagram like feeds. I was designing people's feeds mm. and making templates back when that was a cool thing to do where your feed kind of looked cohesive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, that was my first business. And it kind of went into, I've always been a teacher. From there, people were asking, okay, can you teach me how you're doing these things? Can you teach me how you're showing up online? And I didn't start having verbiage for it until people started calling me their marketing coach, their business coach. And I was like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me get some schooling here too. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of life experience, but I also was like, I want to get some certifications and, and really understand this world. And so I've been an avid learner since then while also growing my business and teaching. Um, and then it got to the point where my business made substantially more than teaching. And I found myself not fully being, being there at work. And I don't think that's yeah. fair to the kids. And so I was like, okay, it's it's time for me to dip out. Um, and that just happened for me to go full time was the year before COVID. Oh and I was like, oh, perfect timing. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> now looking back. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So presets, like when someone buys a preset, like I had like the Teza app for a while. I yeah. ended up canceling it. But like, how, do, how does someone actually like buy a preset from you? 
So you can export the file from, yeah, so you'll create them. You'll use a a lot of different settings for photography, um, and then you'll create different filters and things like that, and you'll just export those files. So what I did is I created presets for different locations, and I think that's what made me unique, because as I was traveling, I was like, oh, let me create one for Cuba. Cuba feels warm for me and inviting and kind of vintage, so that's what those presets look like, and I created some for San Antonio. I created some uh, for Mexico City. So there were just a bunch of different ones and they can buy the package. But yeah, you export the file and then people can upload it either to their phones or to the desktop. Oh, cool. Okay. So now you want to pursue film. Yeah. Like what in your life encouraged you to do that? And like, yeah, like what does that look like and how did it come about? Um, it's funny because earlier today I, I'm working with a brand partnership and they were just talking about my life story and they were asking, what's one thing that passed down from generation to generation? And I said, creativity. Mm. And mo- she was like, most people say an object. And I was like, oh no, it was my creativity. Um, and so I said to say, I've always been around people who love telling stories. Mm. Uh, My uncle is actually a playwright. My grandmother is just an all-around creative. She just helps people in ways where she kind of helps them step into their own. Um, And so I've always wanted to tell stories. And when I look at my content, that's one thing that typically distinguishes me. It's like, I don't want to just tell three little tips to do this. I want to tell that story that connects with people. And so uh, I started to realize that. And I've always had a little knack for films. I always thought that I was going to be a film critic (laughs) in my next life. And it wasn't until I I started to think, okay, if this is something that I seriously want to do, there are no resources in the influencer content creation world that can get me to the level that I want to be on. I realized that very quickly. Mm. I think that the conversation around content is limited um, and people don't really understand the importance, the depth of storytelling and how it plays into all the words that we speak in our business. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to step more into film. But from there, I realized even the way that I show up when I'm creating mini vlogs, I, I don't even like calling them vlogs because they're not. They're lessons there. Um, for me, they're like uh, documentaries. Mm. And so I was like, okay, this is this is where I need support. If I'm going to step into this and maybe do this later full time, um, I want to go ahead and have that training there and that assistance. And it just so happens my mother-in-law is now writing a book about her ancestry and finding her roots back in Africa. And she's like, she, she's like, I know this sounds so weird, um, but I've been praying and I feel like God is telling me you're the perfect person to be my documentarian and record my journey and tell the story. And I was like, wow, I did, I hadn't told her at that point wow. <laughs> that I was <laughs> thinking about going into film yeah. and storytelling. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just all connected over time. Wow. So are you working on that with her right now? We're going to start in spring in April. Yeah. April 2024. That is so cool. So this is the program that you're doing with UCLA is to learn about this. Yes. So it is film and it's um, also creative writing. Okay. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Hey, are you looking for the best vitamins for yourself and your children? Look no further than Prevenex. These are science backed vitamins. They are excellent quality, third-party tested, clinically effective, 
I take their multivitamins for longevity, performance, and everyday health, and they have children's chewable multivitamins formulated to give your kids the key nutrients to support their eye health, their bone support, immune health, increased energy, improved focus. This is a no-brainer. I cannot promise that my kids are eating a well-balanced diet every single day, so I feel really good about giving them these vitamins. They're the super bites. And Prevenex donates a bottle to malnourished kids in need around the world when you buy a bottle. So just go to Prevenex.com and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, or another to save 15% off your first order. If you've already purchased from Prevenex before using those codes, I also have a new code because they've just launched a creatine muscle health supplement that I've been taking. Um, I've been lifting a lot and I've really been enjoying that supplement. As you age, what we want to focus on is uh, strong muscles and things not breaking down. And the creatine supplement that they have for their muscle health is really helpful in that. So if you've used my codes before and you want to try that or anything else out, as long as you have the muscle strength in your cart, everything will go 15% off. That code is Lindsay Strength. So that's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y strength. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, talk to us a little bit about ADHD and like focusing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I I feel like I've been talking about ADHD so much and everybody's talking about it. And I keep saying like, it's a spectrum, right? Like yeah. everybody's got like, here's a zero, here's a 10. So everybody's mm-hmm. somewhere on that spectrum, I'm yeah. assuming. Um, but it has been eye-opening for me because I've, it's, it's allowed me to give myself a little bit of grace thinking, okay, your brain is working this way and that is right. why you can't focus. Um, as someone who also walks through that, like, and has had a very sec- successful career so far and you have all these like passions <laughs> and hobbies and you're starting something new, how do you like hone yourself in to, to focus on something and like not just stay gray, like actually yeah. expand and make it grow? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing that freed me was redefining what a niche was. Mm. And for me, I realized a niche is not a topic. A niche is the very specific thing that you help people with. And I can do that in so many different ways. So for me, I look at my life as I am helping people step fully into their calling. One day that may be business. One day that may be helping them write a book. I can do that through podcasting. I can do that through documentary work. I can do that through writing my book. There's so many things that I can do. Um, And so I, I kind of let that be the mission and the overall vision for my life. And I also, I, I give myself permission to pick stuff up and put it down. Mm. Um, I, so I, I have this rule for myself. It's the 24-hour rule to act on something, but it's the one-month rule to give it up. So if I have an idea that fits along with my plan that I've created for the year, I typically start my year with a good plan, and it pops in my head, I give myself 24 hours to act on it. If it's not acted on within 24 hours, I let it go. Mm-hmm. And every 24 hours, I'm coming up with something. So let's say I have a, a random book idea, like, oh my gosh, I want to write that. Within the next 24 hours, I need to have written an outline. And that next 24 hours, I need to do a little bit more of a detailed outline. The next 24 hours, if I need assistance, I maybe need to hire a copywriter. And I just keep giving myself 24-hour deadlines. And 
that works for me because people are typically shocked about how fast I get stuff done. Yeah. But that's because I have the 24-hour rule or I just don't do it. But on the other end of that, if I pick up something and then I'm like initially excited about it and then I start losing that interest and I realize, you know, it's just not for me, I give myself a month to commit to it just mm. to make sure, is this ADHD or do I just not like it? Yeah. And then I put it down. Like, for example, I took art classes and um, I was so excited at first. I was like, I'm going to finally learn how to draw the things that are in my brain and day one I was like eh, this is not for me and I went back to the next class I was like okay this is not for me but I had to commit to those next two classes before I decided okay I, I'm done with this so just having simple rules for myself really anchored me yeah in your book that you wrote I heard you talking about this on another podcast like hiring someone to help with the copywriting like Absolutely. you feeding them the words and I'm like wow that is like such a huge lift and yeah. owning that too. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I am not ashamed. I, I always joke with my ghostwriter. I'm like, you're the ghostwriter who's not a ghost because yeah. I'm going to tell everyone who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, at first I was like, do I need a copywriter? What do I need? And it, it just so happened I got connected to uh, Pollyanna Reed is her name. And she has an amazing company called Writer's Block. And we sat and all she did was interview me, sometimes for hours. And I talked and talked and talked. She'll ask me direct questions. She'll say, hey, I need you to go maybe research this brand a little more. Can you come back in our next interview? I'm going to ask you about that. So I was able to just do what I do and talk and teach and have a team type that up. It's amazing. And, and I also had the copywriting assistance from that, too, because... Mm. When I was going back and reading, I was like, oh, this sentence is a little shorter than I, how I said it. Can you make it wordy? And she was like, hey, Isis, I know you talk very wordy, <laughs> but this is something that's going to live with you forever. Are you sure you want me to keep the sentence as wordy as you had it? And I was like, okay, you're correct. <laughs> so, yeah, really looking for the things that you need. I'll even hire for a short period of times. For example, there was a period of time where I was just uh, still taking clients, now stepping into the influencer world. I was also in my Harvard Extension program. And so I was like, I want to create content where I'm documenting myself, but I don't have time to edit that. I found someone in Dallas and we became friends. I was like, hey, Sonia, can you come over and shoot me? Just literally record me behind the scenes. When I go to the bookstore, can you record me? And we just hung out for a few weeks while I was super busy and she documented everything for me and edited it. And I was able to put it up on Instagram. So I'm a big, big proponent of hiring and outsourcing the things that we need. Yeah. Um, your book skyrocket your business with social media branding. Um, what is like the premise? Like, and if someone is like needs to work on like their business with social media branding, mm -hmm. like say that the, it's, it's a big company versus like someone like me who is like a podcaster and, mm -hmm. and I'm not really like selling big products or anything. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a bit of both for everyone. I say it's more so for the type of person or the type of business you are versus the type of business that you have. Um, so, for example, the premise of it is the paid equation. That was actually going to be the name of it. That's what I teach throughout the book. Um, and it's an acronym that I created actually during a speaking engagement to break down the four things that I believe every brand or business needs to show up and be successful online. So the paid is for the P and paid is for 
for personalization. A is for awareness, so that's like getting visibility to your brand. I is for intimacy, so that's all about community building. And D is for demand, so that's all about sales. Um, and so the thing that shocks me the most is all of the reviews that I see or DMs I get, emails I get. People are like, I 100% went into reading this thinking I was only going to get business advice and it feels like therapy. Yeah. So I think that I should have that pre-warning now. <laughs> I yeah. think I think mostly in the personalization phase where we're talking about having a unique brand and who you are and what you value and what you stand for and how you want to show up and how you want to be different. I think that's the part that feels a little bit like therapy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the premise of it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about when you say it like that because it's like, that can be taken even if you don't have a business. That can be just right. like, how do you want to show up in the world? Like, what is your personal, like, life, like, um, message? Or yeah. what's it called? What do companies have? They call uh, uh Like their mission statement? Yeah. Like, yeah. what's your life mission <laughs> statement? Do you have a life mission statement? I do. I need to alter it, actually. I probably need to alter it. Okay. Yeah. Mine was that I equipped women of color with the tools that they need to show up online and in person in order to build generational wealth for their families. And yeah, I think that's kind of shifted a little bit. Yeah. What's it shifted to? I think I want to get a little bit more detailed um, because I'm realizing that I want people to not worry about showing up online first and foremost I think that's a byproduct of showing up in the real world yes and uh, more so helping people walk into and figure out what their purpose is and that's across the board I found myself in these past few years loving to help everyone like last weekend I was teaching a, a class to high schoolers even oh I had a, a client who's an older 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 man so <laughs> So I think shifting, just really helping everyone figure out what their purpose is and how they can walk into it and how to turn that into a profitable business. I think my tagline now is probably going to be in my mission, turning a brain into a brand Mm. that needs to be in there. Your talk about the generational, the generations to come piece that you talked about, equipping women of color Mm -hmm. with the tools, with the tools. Yeah. Um, how does that reflect like your own personal life? Like, is this coming from a place of like, why are you, why is this message so important to you? So when, uh, let me say my why in the beginning has shifted because I have matured and gone through therapy. Ah, So, (laughs) so initially when I first started my business, the, the reason I even wanted to have a business is I knew I wanted to help people because we grew up not having much money whatsoever. Um, and because of that, so I thought, because of that, my mom had to now put us into cheap childcare, the babysitter's house that we shouldn't be around. And trigger warning here, I ended up being molested. Um, later on in life, I was date raped. And so I uh, somehow in my brain, my little child brain, I connected being abused to being broke. <laughs> mm. And I knew I didn't want that for anyone else. And I was like, if if people just have the money, they could do the great things. They can put their kids in all these amazing programs. But I realize now as an adult, money is not going to stop a creep or a pervert mm. from being a creep or a pervert. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still really stand by my mission to allow people to have the money to be free. 
mm. mentally free, um, emotionally free to do what it, literally do whatever they want to do and hopefully do that for good. I yeah. like to say I, I help people who help people. Um, but yeah, so that, that was kind of my story and, and why I cared so much about that because my mission was a reflection of my mother. Wow. In a sense. It's yeah. wild. Like you say through years of therapy and like you, you've worked on this, but like, had you not started from that place, mm-hmm. like, would you have had this mission at all? Because even though your reasoning has changed, like, that's what, like, brought you to the moment. Yeah. I I still think it would have aligned in some way. Yeah. You know, um, I still very much care about generational wealth. I still very much care about women of color. I think I also now care about all women. And also, um, I love the, uh, the community of women that are not talked about. Those who have been abused, those who struggle with neurodivergence, um, and not to say I don't care about men. Sorry, men. <laughs> but, I, but I connect to the women more. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it definitely would have been the same. But again, I give myself permission to change often. I no longer look back and feel shameful, like, oh, I wish it wasn't that before. No, I, I'm so grateful that it was that. And as I grow and as I change my mission, that's going to grow and that's going to change too. What does your mom think of what you're doing today? She thinks I just do internet. (laughs) 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 My my mom just tells people, I'm like, I don't know. She does the internet. (laughs) She, I think in, in, in the past year, um, she has been a lot more like surprised and shock and awe and very supportive. And that's because I, first of all, I'm a terrible daughter. Let me not say that. I I never invited my parents to anything because I didn't think that they would understand. Sure. And so I was like, oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm on this TV show. Oh yeah, mom, I'm doing this speaking engagement. And it wasn't until this recently I, I spoke at um, an event called Culture Con and there's thousands of people there and I had a keynote and I was like yeah mom you can watch it Michael's coming my husband so I was like he'll record it and she was like Isis this was huge I didn't know you were doing this and I'm like oh, oh yeah <laughs> so yeah now I know I need to tell her about every single thing yeah was um, that was that your biggest event that you'd done to date I think maybe in person yeah. Um, yeah, I think in person, I've done a lot of like later con, I've done like that have like hundreds of thousands virtually. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but in person, I think so. How do you prepare yeah. for something like that? Oh, oh gosh. A lot of downtime, a lot of me time. Um, typically like the week before I do any speaking engagement, I am not talking to anyone. I'm head down. I'm doing research. I'm going over, um, my notes. I'm preparing. I actually do a lot of audience research, which typically shocks people. When I say shocks, it's usually shocks like the talent coordinator who's Mm. I'm working with because I'm like, Hey, I need y'all's data. I need to, any polls that you've done in the last three years, please send them to me. And they're all like, what? Uh, but every time I hear some type of feedback, like you were the most prepared this year, you were the most engaged speaker, you were, and so I love getting that feedback, but it takes a lot of prep work to get there. Yeah, because um, you want to make sure your message is specific for that yeah, audience, regardless yeah. of what the talk is. Like this, yeah. this 
audience is getting this talk, but it's tailored. Mm -hmm. And if I know I have a big speech coming up, I'll actually do improv classes beforehand. fun. Do you like like it? It still, it like makes my stomach turn, but (laughs) but I like it. And it's so funny when I did, we'll talk about CultureCon again. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. Were you a comedian? I had like my punchlines in there. And I was like, no, that's improv class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point because, like, you think a speak is a speaker naturally funny, or are mm-hmm. they really working on that? So that's something that you've really practiced. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Like, I think you also, yes, it's practice, but you also kind of have to just be willing to kind of let loose and still professionally, but let loose and be with the crowd and yeah. All right, listen up, Lagoon. Pillows. Oh my goodness. Lagoon is the best pillow I have ever laid my head on in my 39 and a half years of life. I have looked for good pillows for a very long time. And before Lagoon, I was settled on a higher quality pillow I got at Target. Uh, I I mean, I've tried Tempur-Pedic. I've tried other brands and this is by far the best. I think because it's so customized. You fill out a two minute sleep quiz. Okay. And whether you're a back sleeper, a side sleeper, a belly sleeper, however you sleep, these pillows are incredible. I have the Otter. My husband, Glenn, has the Fox. They are so perfect when you lay your head on them. And listen, if you want a more firm pillow, they have those options. If you want a more soft pillow, they have those options. And they even send you the filling so you can fill your pillow as full or as little as you want. It is truly customizable. And we all know that like sleep is so important. If you are not sleeping well and the thing that you are laying your head on is contributing to not good sleep, you need to fix it because we are all working really hard to pursue athletic goals and dreams and sleep is so important. So listen, go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y to get 15% off your order. And just then come thank me for changing your sleep life because Lagoon is amazing. All right, friends, back to the show. You know how like when you're giving a talk and you like, you don't laugh at your own jokes, you have to pause at certain places. Like how have you taught yourself to like create that and cultivate that? Because it can be awkward when you like do the pauses because you like feel like you need to rush to the next thing, but you know you need to like set the tone and the mood. Yeah. I actually, and I also think it's a part of my ADHD that I'm so rapid when I yeah. do stuff. So I actually put it, if I have a presentation, which most times I do, I put it in my presentation. Like I'll literally have a slide for me and the audience to see this like pause really? <laughs> or, or like, uh, let's chit chat. Like I'll just name it different things. But for me, I know that it's a pause uh-huh. for me to like, okay, slow down, regroup, look around. Um, yeah, I, I'm very big on just, again, making life easier. Mm. And there, there are, and honestly, I feel like there are no rules. Like I, holler laugh at my own jokes and, I think, <laughs> and sometimes I wonder like are you laughing at the joke or are you laughing at me who's laughing at the joke like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah I, I think there are no rules you have to just support yourself in the way that you need and that's really helpful can we get yeah. the link to the culture talk or is it like we had to be there no 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 so it's linked on their YouTube right now it's also okay. you know it's also linked in my Instagram bio so okay. if you go to my Instagram and I have like all of my stuff there I have uh-huh. my talks there yeah okay awesome <laughs> 
Um, you have some really big dreams for yourself and you see, I know social media is social media and that's like, we're not waking up in the morning and having coffee with you or anything no. like that. <laughs> but like, how do you, like, what does your morning look like? How do you mm-hmm. wake up and set expectations for the day knowing there's only 24 hours a day, but I also mm-hmm. have really big dreams for myself? Yeah. Well, you know, okay. I, when I say this, I give much grace to parents um, because I just know that parenting is a different world and I'm not there yet. However, I started to realize how much time 24 hours actually is. That's a lot, right? Yeah, when you're like in your focus zone. So uh, this past November, um, November 2023, I did no phone November. Okay. And for me, that was no more than an hour phone time a day. And it was just me kind of getting into that content documentary work and only shooting with my camera. So that was my rules. I love that. And so I would do power hours for work also. And so I have these candles. They're like hour-long candles. They burn so I can watch it. And when I only focused for an hour without my phone, without distractions, it felt like three hours. Like I kept finishing work early and looking up like, man, I have more time. Let me hop on the next thing. Um, And so I, I have little things embedded throughout my day that helped me. I am very big on starting my day with a routine just to get my mind right, just yep. so that nothing else can come in and shake me up. Um, first thing I typically do, I like to start my day reading my Bible, and then I'll go into whatever book I'm reading at the time. It's typically something that has journal work. For the past maybe two months, I've been reading The Artist's Way, and I've been taking it very slowly. Um, and she has uh, an assignment that is morning pages, so writing three pages a day. At first, I was like, three women, are you nuts? That's a lot. It's a lot. And then you look up and you're like, wow, I have three pages of things to say every morning. It's, it, it, it blows my mind. Um, and so and if you're an artist, for example, she says, you know, you can use the three pages to just like doodle. Or if you don't know what to write, you're writing for a page. I don't know what to write. But surprisingly, I've never had to do that. Um, and so it, I can't explain it, but it just, I guess I can't explain it. It feels like my brain is cleared for the day. Mm. Like all the things that were rumbling around are no longer there because I've just gotten it out in the morning. And that has been surprisingly phenomenal for my ADHD because I typically keep a journal next to me throughout mm. the day anyway. Um, and then I'll do a little bit of free reading. I'm a reader. Me too. Uh, and then I do one to two power hours of work. That is my max. I don't believe personally in me working more than three hours a day because my brain can't sustain that. There's actually a lot of studies that show that most people mentally can't work more than four hours. So yeah, so we're just there wasting time. And then I have like Spanish lessons and I'll go out and I'll challenge myself to create something for the day, even if it's not posted. Um, So I'm just creating at least one piece of content a day. And yeah, by the time I do that, it's about four o'clock and I'm like, okay, let me watch some Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) That's deep work too. Like, so like the focused hour, the focused three Mm -hmm. hours, that's like deep work. But then like going out and creating your content, like that's still work. It's just a different kind of work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think too, when I say that, that power hour is the things that, um, are not really fulfilling to me, but the things that I have to do. Like if I'm doing a, if I'm doing a brand deal, I have to fill out their brief or maybe I'm going through my emails or, um, I have one client that I'm offboarding right now. I have to finish her marketing, uh, strategy. So like, that's my power hour. I'm going to do it then. 
But um, yeah, my fun stuff, my creation, I don't really count that as work. Yeah. Yeah. So as you're going through this shift, mm-hmm. like you said you were offboarding one client. Like, are you offboarding all your clients because you're moving to this new season? Yeah, they were offboarded um, in August of 2023. Wow. So this is my last client. And actually, I picked her up solely because we've worked together before. I love her so much. Um, and I worked with her in the start of her business. And now she's like, hey, I'm scaling up. I think it's time for me to have like a true marketing strategy. I have a team. I want to give them something. And I was like, okay, let's do it. I'll just create something and send it over to you. Um, And so then she was my very last. I I keep saying that. But then then I also just consulted for another company yesterday, who is a company that my friend owns. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm going to chill out. Do you give yourself, um, like with speaking engagements, do you Mm -hmm. give yourself, because you said you like to go into the year like pretty planned. Do you give yourself Mm -hmm. like, I want to travel this much or like I will take this many speaking gigs so that you can keep like a life balance? Yeah. So (laughs) it's funny. I'm laughing because I was just telling my sister yesterday, I don't believe in balance whatsoever. I believe in priorities. This this is my own view on it. And so uh, in this season, which is a privilege to say, I know that work is not my priority. Okay. Learning myself, creating, traveling is my priority. And so what I'll do is at the beginning of the year, I set the things that I want as my priority first and whatever I have room for after, then I have room for it or I don't. Um, even for example, I had this amazing speaking opportunity come up in January, but I'm going to be traveling through Patagonia with my husband in January and that's not changing. And sorry, yeah. goodbye to that chick. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll start doing that. I typically, this year is kind of different. My husband and I would typically like to take a, a small trip a month and a big one every quarter. Um, but this year we're going to be in Argentina for three months. And so it's kind of like, eh, is this our trip or are we just kind of yeah, living here? And Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing yeah. in Argentina? We went and visited in August and we fell in love and we're like, hey, let's go here. So again, we don't have children yet. Yeah. And so we created this like bucket list of things like in the ideal world, what will we have done and checked yeah. off before? And on the list was living in another country. And so as we're talking about it, we're like, okay, I think that was like my old bucket list thing. Like at this point, I don't really want to be around away from family for too long. And so um, we visited, we fell in love. We're like, this is going to be our chance to quote unquote live somewhere, uh, move for a few months. Our max is a year, but we are committed to three months. So we have our apartment there. Um, I don't think we'll make it a year. But we'll see. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're just traveling through. We're going to like their wine country. We're staying in Buenos Aires. This is where our apartment is. Um, going through Patagonia. Because wow. we've always wanted to do that and look at some penguins and glaciers. Um, and then we're doing a cruise to Antarctica. And then wow. we'll be coming home. <laughs> that is so cool. So does your husband work for himself as well? Not yet. Okay. Well, kind of. I guess he's kind of uh, in that space of, yes, I have my job and yes, I have my business. Um, so yeah, he works in finance, but he works remote. Okay. So that's yeah. amazing. Yep. Um, yeah. And then he has his financial consulting company as well. So, What is your advice to someone who's like feeling a little bit stale? And I know you mentioned like, you have, um, what did you say? Like, um, heart for parents. Like, you know, that like (laughs) the time is different once you had kids, have kids. And I know that like most people listening to this podcast probably do have kids, Yeah, but 
I also know that regardless of if you have kids or not, you can like get into this like stale hamster wheel of like, this is just what we do. And I'm curious if you have thoughts on like, what can like spark a fire in someone to step out of their comfort zone? Yeah. I um again, not a parent. However, I do have a lot of parent clients. I'm, I'm going to be speaking to the parents, those with ADHD, those who maybe have even sunk into a little of depression from just being stagnant and not knowing what to do next. The biggest thing that you can do is move. Mm. And I don't mean move states. I mean, literally get up first <laughs> and move, whether that be a walk and also know that your steps will kind of come to you. Your next step will come mm. as you're walking that process. Mm-hmm. And so give yourself permission to try a bunch of different things. Um, I will say if you have trouble um, kind of committing to something or or knowing what to do next, I say just choose one thing and commit to, like something that you actually have to pay for and commit to. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, my art class. That was my way of like, I'm gonna get out of, I'm gonna get out of this creative funk and I'm gonna commit to it for a month. And it wasn't for me, but hey, I did get out of that creative funk because I realized what I did like. Um, and so choosing something, take a take a class. Actually, the, the book that I'm reading, The Artist Way, is wonderful mm. um, because she talks about artist dates. And I want to say that it's, artist is not your traditional artist that you're thinking of. It can be a broker. It can be a nurse. Anyone, she believes that everyone has that artist and that creative in them. And the one thing that she talks about is doing artist dates. So you start writing down a list of things that, oh, you haven't done in a while that you that you really like. And taking yourself out to do that. Like mm. one of the things on my list is just going to the arcade. That's it. Love it. I love the arcade. And I think that when people are trying to figure out their next thing, they kind of get a little too strict with themselves. Like they're like, oh, if I want to be an influencer, I need to learn about branding. I need to learn about this. If I want to be a writer, I need to take a writing class. But understand that you're going to attract that creativity from different experiences. And and so it doesn't have to be that. It can be you walking around the mall and people watching. Like Mm. one of my favorite things to do to kind of get out of my head is I'll actually walk around and do people watching and then write stories, like fiction stories about the person's life. (laughs) I love it. It's just for me. Like I may look at someone and say, oh, I wonder if they're a baker and write Uh this whole romantic story. So there's a lot of things that you can do. But I would say the first thing is to get up and move and just do something, even if it's just a five minute walk outside. I love that advice. It's so true. I mean, on a small level and a big level, like whenever I've been in like the depths of anxiety or anything like that, it's like you want, you don't want to get out of the bed. You don't want to get out of the bed, Mm -hmm. but moving, moving is the first step that helps. What is something professionally or personally you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Oh goodness. Professionally, I would like to I would like to write a movie. Mm. Like a phenomenal movie. A phenomenal movie that like sells out in box offices. And I don't say I don't want the accolades for it, but I kind of want it to be low-key. Like I want people to fall in love with the work instead of me. And uh personally, hmm. Okay, I'm a toughie for personal because I believe in doing all the things that I want to do. I think, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think the one thing that I've always wanted to try that I haven't done is like actually going without working 
for like a year mm. of absolute nothingness. But then I don't know if my brain can handle that. Because I went on vacation mm. for a week, like a real vacation of doing nothing, just sitting around. I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't know how people do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, what is the best, most recent book you've read? I am reading this book called um, A Little Life. I'm going to give two books because this book is so great. I don't recommend anyone ever read it. It is traumatizing. It's horrid. I boohoo cry, but the writing is phenomenal. Okay. And the storyline is phenomenal. But okay. it's so heavy that I've been reading it for three months, and I typically finish a book within a week. I've been yeah. reading it for three months because I need, keep needing to pick it up and put it down. Um, another book I loved was American Marriage. Oh, it's actually I love been my that. favorite. Yeah, I love that one. That's been my favorite for. Maybe two years, and I think it's because I came from Atlanta and the mm. lingo is there, but it's also a very scary and real reality. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that for those who haven't read it. Yeah. It is a semi-romance drama, yeah. drama, trauma. <laughs> it was, um, that book was so hard because like, I was always on the side of the original husband, you know? and Yeah. But you want to like... You want to um, feel for her as well, mm -hmm. but you're like, no, no. Yeah, know? yeah. It, it, it's tough because I was the same way, but then a part of me was like, man, he's been gone for years. Yeah, like you, yeah. But also, like it's alive. not like it's not like you knew you knew he was alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a lot of emotional. I, I, that was a hard one, but yeah. it's it really good. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. Last one. Have you read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? Yes. Okay. How'd you like that all one? All of her books. I've read yeah. all of her books. Okay. I love them all. Yeah. yeah. Her good newer stuff. ones are better. Um, Carrie Soto is back, though. I didn't mm -hmm. love that one. Okay. But um, if you liked um, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, Hugo, mm -hmm. Um, Daisy Jones and the Six and Malibu Rising are my other two favorites. Okay. Authors. Okay. I'll read those. And yeah. they have some of the characters. Like, oh, cool. Some of the same characters are like sprinkled into those three. <gasps> oh, books. I love when authors do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like little nuggets here and there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I also have the artist written down. So I'm going to check that one out. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's a good um, one. Well, what is your last message to leave with the audience? Hmm. I would just say to anyone who's listening to this, walk audaciously through life. Give yourself what you need. Ask for what you want. Go after the things that you desire. And realize that life really is working for you. Mm. And things will happen. And I believe that there is so much power in belief and faith and the things that you speak over yourself. So speak positively over yourself. Claim the things that you want talk to people, let them know what you need, and you'll see that your life will be so beautiful. Actually, one of my favorite quotes I'm going to leave with this too is that life is just made up of a million little moments. And so when you look at it that way, you realize that every moment you get to choose if you're going to have a wonderful life mm -hmm. every single hour. So yeah. I Therapy, guys. Yeah. It helps. <laughs> Isis, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. This is amazing.